Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Daily French Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Mr. Terence Corrigan. Terence, how are you, sir? I'm okay, Nicholas. How are you? I'm okay, as well as one can be on a Monday. And I'm also joined today by Mr. Michael Morris. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm I'm fine, thank you. I'm slightly more than okay, but, but so I hope by the end of the show we're all feeling a little bit cheer, cheerier and a bit better. Well, that's usual for Catonian okay. to be to be in a better mood than Joe Burgess these yeah, days. There we go, there uh, we go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just doing your part. Okay. Um let us get into the news. And the first piece of news, of course, uh, is that over the weekend we got the news that Prince Mangasuta Butelezi, the leader of the IFP has died at the age of 95. He died early on Saturday morning. He had been ill for a while, so this is not completely unexpected. Uh, president Cyril Ramaphosa put out a statement on his death. I'm quoting the president here when I say, quote, I am deeply saddened to announce the passing of Prince Mangasutu Butelezi, the prince of, uh, uh, going to pronounce that, <laughs> traditional prime minister to the Zulu monarch and nation and founder and president emeritus of Nkata Freedom Party. Prince Butelezi has been an outstanding leader in the political and cultural life of our nation, including the ebbs and flow of our liberation struggle, the transition which secured our freedom in 1994 and our democratic dispensation. The ANC's KZN provincial chairperson um, has asked for a state funeral for Butelezi, although it's not clear yet whether I think that's going to happen or not. Um, but Butelezi was one of these really important figures in South Africa's history. Uh, of course, the IFP was a very key organization, particularly leading up through the 90s. But all the way back, and I believe it was founded in 1976, I think I'm correct in saying, or at least the, the 1970s. Mm. Um, no, 75, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Butelezi was key in resisting um, the, the designs of Grand Apartheid by very aggressively opposing independence for the KwaZulu homeland, uh, which, which he was the, uh, the head of. Um, but... Uh, he also has many detractors who criticize him for his role in violence during the 90s in South Africa. If you look at the foreign press in particular, there's this very uh, negative portrayal of Butelezi as a murderer, as a Zulu nationalist, as a stooge of apartheid. Uh, but as our own Anthea Jeffrey has written in an obituary that I will put in the uh, description of today, uh, there was also a lot of tarring of his, of his name um, by by the ANC, who often made him out to be this kind of puppet of apartheid when uh, the ANC strategy of people's war had a lot to do with the murder and violence that ran through the 90s. But it was he has a, I think it's fair to say that he has at least a little bit of a controversial legacy. Um, he, of course, led the IFP for many years until actually quite recently uh, after democracy happened, um, uh, going from one of the most important political parties in the country to a more regional party. But it seems to be going through a bit of a resurgence, um, which we may see in the next election. So, Michael, let me start off with you. Um, what do you make of, of, of Butelezi's life? I mean, I've only just scratched the surface here. Uh, among the many, many things he did in his life, he played King Chechwayo in the film Zulu, um, uh, in the 1960s film Zulu, mm. along with Michael Caine and, and uh, uh, you know, all those great British actors. Uh, really interesting guy. Uh, what do you make of his legacy? Uh, 
Mm. I think that one thing we have to promise ourselves is to leave to Terence to talk about the film, because in case um, uh, listeners and, and viewers don't don't know this, Terence is a a real uh, connoisseur when it comes to connoisseur <laughs> when it comes to to films, and you have very interesting things to say about it, and also great insight into military history. So I think that we reserve that for that. Um, yeah, I think you. Yeah, I think you're quite right. Uh, a very complex figure. Uh, but a very important one as well. And there are two things that I just sort of briefly like to highlight on that aspect is uh, the one is, is Anthea's stating right at the start that in steadfastly rejecting a spurious independence for the KwaZulu homeland, uh, Butanesi played this key role in compelling the National Party to keep looking for alternatives and in the end to embark on negotiations for a new South Africa. I think that's a very significant thing. And then allied to that is a, a, a point that Linda von Tilburg makes in um, in what I think is a very good, also a very good obituary in, uh, in, in Business Day. And she here, in fact, quotes um, a, a, a veteran uh, Afrikaans language journalist and editor of an um, uh, empty newspapers. He also, in fact, with me and many others in the in the uh, late eighties and nineties, covered that political period. He was he was a, a fellow a political correspondent in Parliament. Tim Duplessis, who makes this point that um, that Butlesi seldom gets credit for the fact that quote he insisted that no negotiations on South Africa's political future could take place without the unbanning of the ANC, his arch opponent at that time, and the unconditional release from prison of, of Nelson Mandela. So I think if you take those two things, that immediately uh, muddles, the, muddles the picture sufficiently to this extent that one, one must be suspicious of, of a view that rejects Brutalesi as the man covered in blood, this ghoulish figure um, who is uh, completely bad. Um, and, you know, it raises uh, all, all the, the, the kind of points about the, the, the political contention that began to happen towards the end of the 80s into the 90s, a huge amount at stake. He was the leader of, a, of an organization that he founded, in fact, in 1975, and it was really a, it was established then as a cultural organization. It's, I think it's, it's, it had a, it's, its full name was um, the National Cultural Liberation Movement, Inkata National Cultural Liberation Movement. And it was only in, in 94, actually, that the name was changed. Uh, to Encarta Freedom Party and became a, a sort of formal political organization. But this also gives a hint to the to its regional, its kind of regional quality and a, almost a tribal quality, I think also cultural aspects, which I think always make politics very difficult. Um, and it, it was, this was certainly so, I think, in KZN in the late 80s and the 90s. And the, the thing that I was thinking about this morning, you know, is could anyone at that time, certainly, if I think of myself, could we have said these are the good guys and these are the bad guys? Looking at the ANC, looking at IFP, looking at the National Party. Um, and I think it was very difficult then if you were genuinely attempting to try and understand all the forces that were coming to, coming to bear on a process. Uh, very difficult to say, definitely. Yes, the, the, you know, this is a completely good guy, this is a completely bad guy. Um, it was also in the spirit of the time, obviously, that People were willing to overlook the weaknesses and try, try and engage. Um, and but whatever the, the minutiae and whatever these 
complex contradictions it's, and uh, it might be the fact remains I think, that uh, that Butelezi uh, emerged as a very significant figure um, some people will be skeptical about the extent to which he pushed negotiations to the very edge uh, before agreeing to to come in and, and participate um, but he was yeah significant figure and he did stick to a very principal position on uh, on sanctions on non-violence publicly uh, his detractors will say that he secretly allowed it or, or condoned it which he's he's disputed but nevertheless i think a significant figure in the emergence of uh, of the democratic transition terence um there's so many things to say about Belize. i mean you know his influence was incredible on many aspects i mean i believe that he played a key role in in the ascension of the current Zulu monarch at least according to some of the reporting I've read. Um, so he continued to be a key figure. And I've I've always heard from 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 some people in my family that they thought that sort of Encarta got a bit of a raw deal in the 90s in the sense that there were definitely things you could criticize about uh, Encarta during that violent period. Uh, you know, I, I, I worked with a woman in the DA who still had machete scars on her from when uh, IFP people came into her her, her shack and, and slashed her with a machete, um, but there, there was this 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 particular feature that um, of, of how the foreign press like never really seemed to to take the IFP's side of the story ever. Um, not 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 all of them, but generally speaking, that was the case. And I think that that is reflected a bit in the fact that you see that the foreign obituaries of Butlezi are much harsher than the South African obituaries, where people from both left and right are more willing to explore the sort of complexities mm. of his life, whereas the sort of foreign press is more uh, damning. Um, Terence, what, what do you make of all this? Look, I think that that's something <laughs> that. Um, is often overlooked when when reflecting on the 1980s and certainly i don't think was taken fully was, was taken properly into account by many um uh, by many observers at the time was that south africa was actually a real country with complex political problems and not a not a morality play in which there were good guys and bad guys mm. um for a lot of uh, casual observers of south africa abroad um it it was a wonderfully simple, uh, uh, wonderfully simple dichotomy. Now, the ANC understood that they were they were no slouches when it came to political strategy, and they were determined that when uh, change happened, they were going to be in the driver's seat. They didn't they didn't want um, uh, they didn't want much competition, certainly not any serious competition, and for that reason, they took a particularly harsh line on. Uh, groups within, the, you know, let, let's say black parties, that posed that that posed some sort of credible challenge. Um, not only in Carter, but the black consciousness movement is often often forgotten. That was a very powerful force in South Africa for a long time. Um, I wonder how many uh, South African school children who, who are even aware of who he was would know that Steve Beaker was not a member of the ANC. Mm. Um, so um, now, what what? Um, uh, Butelezi, I think, played a played a complicated game, um, part collaboration, part confrontation. But uh, Anthea is quite correct that if only, and Butelezi made this point on several occasions, if every other homeland took independence and denationalized their uh, their, their their populations, South Africa would still be stuck with a majority African population because of the of the simple uh, numerical calculus of the um, 
uh, of those that were classified as Zulus. So that essentially made Grand Apartheid unworkable. Um, you know, uh, I think that 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 there is a great deal to be said about, uh, or a great deal to be argued over. Um, uh, you know, where um, over the 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 choices he made in those um, uh, in those years, and I, you know, there are certainly there certainly is a lot to, is a lot to discuss. But my overall assessment is that um, uh, is that in a in a country with 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 few angels and few few devils, and I would say fewer angels than devils. Um, you know, he he went to his grave, you know, having played an honourable part, certainly not uh, not an entirely uncontentious part in 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 South, in South Africa's history. But also, I think a part that is not that is not fully understood, and I think this is uh, this is where both foreign and and local observers often often came short. That the IFP had a particular set of objectives that were often very difficult for for outsiders to 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 understand. The question of traditional leadership, mm. for instance, um, that was something that even people who could be very sympathetic to the IFP's overall narrative, you know, uh, free markets and and being anti-sanctions, found very difficult to to um, uh, <clears throat> to unpack. And you know, things like the Ingonyama Trust, you know, I would say the Cost some sort of costs a, a pull over um, over 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 post apartheid South Africa, but you know let's let's also remember that uh, the ANC could talk a good game about uh, taking traditional leaders out of politics until it found itself with the uh, with the means to exercise control. After which, uh, you know, it could it could jump very much into the in, into the role that it had accused the 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 IFP of holding. Um, and you know, I think, I think, I think that 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 for many observers, it was, it was simply something that that for perhaps cultural, linguistic, whatever reasons, it just remained remained almost almost impenetrable in order to in order to assess its own its own behaviour. And you know, back in the eighties, the nineties, and now, I think you know, one one has to sort of spend some time unpacking what were its objectives and how effective was it in 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 protecting those. Uh, that's a very good thoughts, I think. Um, Michael, any any final closing remarks from you? Uh, I, I I often think about the sort of IFP's role in um, post-democracy South Africa, uh, where we had, you know, the IFP. I mean, <laughs> another little strange fact about Butelezi's, you know, very impactful life is that I believe it was he was the acting president at the, when we invaded Lesotho in the 90s. Yes, he was. Uh, he was. Cause, cause mm. Becky and... Um, uh, and and and, and uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Nelson Mandela were out yeah. of the country at the time. Indeed. Um, uh, but the IFP, the IFP uh, did struggle, uh, particularly afterwards. They they tried a bunch of things. They were, you know, dominant in KZN. They won fifty one percent of the vote initially there, and they ruled the province. Uh, but they never really managed to kind of lever that into a national thing. They went into a coalition with the DP or the, I think it was the DA or the DP, I can't remember, back in 2004, somewhere around there, 2006, 2004, um, the Coalition for Change, which didn't really work. Uh, they really took a hammering during the Zuma years and they sort of disappeared uh, almost, except for in a couple of those very rural KZN municipalities. And now they seem to be having a bit of a resurgence across KZN. Um, 
your final thoughts? Mm, mm. I mean, very interesting. Um, and I think no mean feat in a way for a party to seem to almost disappear into into the background and then be able to resuscitate itself and and restore some kind of visibility um, and significance, which clearly, clearly is happening. So they've managed to hold it together. And, and you know, it might well be those kind of cultural uh, uh, tribal things that are a, quite a strong binding agent. Um, there were just two things that I wanted to, well, actually three that I wanted to mention. One is, is that um, I'd forgotten until a colleague reminded us this morning in the chat that that um, Butelesi's political life began actually as a member of the ANC Youth League. Um, I think he joined in 1949, so a year after, probably less than a year after apartheid was inaugurated. There he was, um, you know, t t taking a stand. Um, and then Latley sort of fell out and so on. So 1975 was founding of the Encarta movement. or, or Originally Sup uh, supported but, by the ANC, I believe, when it was founded. That's right. I think there was the, the, there was a great deal of common ground. Um, and allied to that, then, is is the other point that I wanted to raise, which um, is a document that, that Anthea mentions, um, it, apparently a confidential ANC document reported to have been drawn up in February 1992. Um, and this identifies Butelesi's power base as significant and a great threat. And that, um, you know, everything must be done. The team must be brought under unbearable pressures, some of the words uh, in, in, this, in this document. I'd love to know more about this document. It sounds very interesting, but it would certainly make sense that the ANC um, beginning now to f plot and plan its um, its uh, you know the, the kind of end game of of, of the struggle, so suddenly perceiving uh, this great risk in in the Encarta Freedom Party, um, and then the, just the final thing I I do want to turn us just to comment very briefly on the film that we mentioned. That's something we've overlooked. Well, uh, yeah, look, mm. I, I I think I think it's important to remember that that, that human <laughs> beings are three dimensional. Um, and I think you know one thing about um, about Butelesi that even the Mail and Guardian uh, uh, paid him a uh, paid him a tribute at the time while prefacing the editorial that we've had severe differences. He was a very low, low lonely voice in the cabinet that actually spoke about AIDS. He lost, mm. I think, um, uh, one possibly two uh, children. That's right. Mm. And um, he was very very forthright while there was a lot of tippy toeing around what was you know whether this was a problem or not. Um, mm. So I think that 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 is something to 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 to, to be remembered. He mm. was also a very devout Anglican, which was interesting because the Anglican Church in South Africa, um, in its ecclesiastical hierarchy, tended very strongly towards towards the ANC and certainly yes, towards yeah. the ANC positions. Yeah. And um, he was also apparently a very faithful family man. Um, in fact, I know mm. somebody whose politics I would describe as actually kind of woke left who voted. IFP on the basis of the, of the respect he mm. showed for his wife after after her death, um, mm. but on on the movie he played mm. Kichwayo and actually I think physically carried the role off very very well, um, and I think there was a, there, there was certainly a um, a sort of regal bearing and although I uh, I think that 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 Zulu as opposed to Zulu Dawn the later one about a Santuana. Um, tended to be more a kind of boy's own hero, um, uh, 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 a hero story full of, you know, a lot of wisecracks and, um, uh, well, you know, creature of its time, enjoyable movie. I um, thought that that um, Butelesi brought a certain degree of, um, of 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 gravitas to it. Now, a little 
an unknown, um, uh, well, uh, not widely known detail, is that he was not allowed to watch that movie because it was banned, I think, for all people under 12 and all Bantu. <laughs> Apparently, a special, a special showing was arranged for him, and he came in, and he watched it, and there was sort of, you know, Zulus being gunned down. It was very much from the from the British point of view. Stood up, looked at them, and said, interesting, and walked out. <laughs> Amazing. Fascinating. Oh, fascinating stuff. Um, mm. I, I, very good of you to bring up that point about HIV, because we remember, mm. uh, we, I think we've already beginning to forget from our collective consciousness how the ANC, particularly Tabo mm. Becky, just so bungled that. Mm. But, you know, um, uh, it's often forgotten Nelson Mandela had very little to say about it either. He didn't mm. uh, yes. bring denialism to, to, to the Becky level, but he certainly, um, I think that there was a certain traditionalist reticence to talk about sexual matters. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, these are all things that make us human. Yeah. Indeed. Anyway, very interesting man, interesting life, and uh, a lot of impact on South Africa. Let's move on to uh, coalition nonsense that's going on across our metros. Uh, and we've seen a lot of articles recently about the EFF and ANC's relationship. Um, as they are currently in coalition in a number of municipalities around the country. And apparently it's falling apart. At least that's what these articles have been saying. And we saw the latest one this weekend in City Press, where apparently the ANC's national leadership in particular is fed up with the alliance with the EFF. I think it's hurting the party. And they are now considering options uh, that I think previously might have been thought of as unthinkable. The first is that apparently they're thinking of offering the DA a deal where they will uh, run some municipalities in uh, some some of the metros in exchange for the DA getting control of others. So I think the, they were going to leave the DA uh, in Twane and Nelson Mandela Bay, um, and in return they would govern Johannesburg and Ekurileni. I think that's probably a non-starter for the DA, particularly because they've just made this huge song and dance about the multi-party charter. Uh, and not supporting the, 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 the ANCs, and that would destroy that completely. So I reckon that that's probably not going to happen. But the more interesting suggestion of the ANCs is that they might be open to supporting the DA's motion to dissolve the Joburg Council. Now, I, I made a mistake in the previous episode where we talked about this. The DA has proposed that the Joburg Council, because it's so dysfunctional, should be dissolved and new municipal elections held within 90 days. Uh, I thought that it required a simple majority of council, but it actually requires two-thirds. The ANC is considering supporting this motion because they think that they might be able to get something, uh, a better deal out of a fresh election in the municipality. Um, even if the DA and ANC vote together in the Joburg Council, though they still won't have two-thirds, they will need uh, 17 councillors more to support them. So that might come from Action SA, although Action SA suggested that they might not support this motion. Um, but what's interesting, though, is the ANC will only likely agree to dissolving the council if they can hold the election on the same day as the national and provincial elections, presumably when the ANC will have an advantage because the ANC tends to do much worse in municipal elections than in provincial or national. So they're hoping that maybe they can rescue themselves in the municipality a bit for that. And who knows if the DA will agree to that, that they might not because they might think, you know, what's the point of dissolving the council if we just get uh, the ANC either maintaining or growing its vote share. Um, but, I think what this wall does suggest, firstly, is that the EFF and ANC coalition is not as stable 
as I think many people predicted originally. Um, and secondly, that uh, things are becoming more interesting in our politics. Parties are yeah. beginning to consider options they never have before. Uh, I, I remember a time actually when I was interning partly under Terence in the Gauteng legislature and oh. in the research office there. And uh, uh, at that time, the DA proposed uh, uh, emergency house building kits for people in the province and the ANC voted it down simply because not because they disagreed with the proposal but because it came from the DA um, and it looks like that era may be fading away a bit I don't know Terence what do you make of this yeah you know desperation makes strange bedfellows um, <laughs> I think though that that okay I think that that they've that they've discovered something about the EFF that the EFF might not be a bigger dog, but it's got aspirations to be a bigger dog, and it's a much, much, much more voraciously hungry and vicious dog. Mm. And um, you know, with where, where they have had uh, working relationships in the past, it's been either with parties uh, with which it could it could do business, IFP to some extent. And I think a lot of that was 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 was, was cultural. Um, uh, it was pointed out at one point that when they were resolving the. Uh, the civil war in KZ, and it was notable that their delegations tended to be consist consist only of, let's say, indigenous Africans. The whites and Indians, in both parties, tended not to be involved there. And I think there was there was there was some truth to that that this that these were the people who were actually seeing the you know weren't seeing this as an ideological thing, but seeing you know their friends and families die. Um, but you know, also uh, personal connections. I think Malema, in a way, is just beyond that. Um, very goal focused, knows what he wants, and sort of knows uh, knows how to get uh, knows how to get it. And I think that they are that that they are starting to that they are starting to stress there. And maybe they get they gambling that they would be able to um, uh, to either buy the DA off in some way through <clears throat> municipalities. Uh, perhaps that they would be able to draw it in and control it because they would control the civil service. Um. Will this happen? I doubt it. Um, I think, in a way, you know, uh, for, for better or worse, the DA has put itself in a bit of a corner by making such an issue of the of the Patriotic Alliance being in, um, you know, having made deals. And also, I think that um, their relationship with the with, with, with Action SA, which in ideological terms is easily the you know the the, the most closely aligned party that they have, you know, even in terms of party background. Is complicated by you know enormous um, uh, uh, enormous I think personal hostilities, one of which I think you know hinges around this question of ANC versus EFF. You know, like you, know, you can't work with the EFF even on 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 on, on local level, says the DA. And to a chairman, Michelle will say, "Well, I won't work with the ANC under any conditions." And look what you guys are doing. Um, I don't know. You might just. You might be. You know. You might. Maybe the ANC also reckons this is sort of triangular diplomacy, and they're going to take down the moonshot before it even gets off the launching pad. Yeah, no, it is a little bit frustrating that we endlessly see these stories about the DA, the ANC proposing things to the DA, but no comment ever from DA people <laughs> about how they feel about these things, which annoys me somewhat. Um, but, uh, Michael, what, what do you make of all this? 
I, I mean, I, it's all very interesting. You know, it, 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 I mean, the complex Johannesburg politics is a little bit beyond me. Um, but, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, the permutations of, of all the things that Terrence has been describing are, are, are quite fascinating and quite worrying in a way. But I, I also wonder, and I hope it's not simply out of a, a, a kind of inborn naivety, that I, I half sense that perhaps parties are beginning, especially ANC, facing an election next year, an important, probably its most important one. The, perhaps is there the sense that's growing that, you know, to speak for the people's interests is no longer enough just to be rhetorical. It, 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 people are now actually looking at things like buildings burning down and, you know, 76 people dying and things just not being fixed and load shedding just going on day after day. And <clears throat> Um, it's you know, is it is there this this sense creeping in finally that we've actually got to get serious, um, and that if if this deal with the, with the EFF is you know all it's doing is is it's just perpetuating a, a sort of constant crisis. Nothing is being done on the streets. You know, we're having to focus all our attention on just holding the thing together. Uh, it's just not not working. Perhaps this is this is a good thing. Well, it would be a good thing, um, but do, do you think, I mean, I don't know if that's a, a feasible interpretation. That uh, some kind of reality is beginning to set in here. <clears throat> that's that's very possible. Um, I do also think that what this suggests is that, uh, contrary to sort of the, the the lazy view of South Africa, that the, the EFF speaks for some kind of you know true populist message. Mm. Um, uh, the ANC is clearly not that comfortable and thinks that the EFF is hurting them uh, by being yeah. in government with them. Uh, so, uh, and it's interesting that, and maybe this is all just an election ploy to make overtures towards the DA, but there has been some research from our, our, our former boss, um, Franz Croniers, uh, with the, the Social Research Foundation, which has suggested that most South African voters are actually very strongly in favor of an ANC-DA coalition. Uh, and or, or I'm not sure if it's most, but it's a very large chunk. And maybe mm. this is this ANC is simply trying to win over those people and say, you know, look, look, we're trying, we're trying. Look, mm. we'll, mm. we'll get the DA in to, to, to fix the governance, but we'll stay in charge or something like that. Um, I don't know what to make of all this, but it, 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 I, I, I will um, point everyone rather self-indulgently to my own uh, article I wrote about EFF ANC coalitions. Back yeah, in that's November right. of last year, where I suggested mm. that they're really not that uh, they're actually not that good together, um, despite their yeah. ideological similarities. They just yeah, compete yeah. on too many levels. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see because you know the coalition hasn't broken down yet, despite all these articles saying that it's on the verge of collapse uh, for weeks now. Let, let, let me let me just 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 put just put something in there that um, I think that this signals. That the, the the assured one party dominance is over. Um, yes, this is not something that would be remotely conceivable mm. under, um, you know, and uh, under Mandela, you know, Tony Leon could be invited into the cabinet, provided he accepted that he's got to sit down and behave like a good boy. Mm. And Mbeki, uh, you know, he wouldn't even meet Tony Leon. Mm. Uh, they they had no relationship. Mm. Um, under Zuma, it was the sort of Brezhnevite. Uh, <laughs> you know, things just kind of carry on because we're the ANC and we're okay. And uh, you know, well, maybe something that 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 from opposers tenure has brought in is that yeah, you know, this thing is really broken now, and we've got to start thinking of mm. some other way to you know some other way to at least keep some of the kitty. 
But here's the other thing. I think for the um, uh, it, it puts it it also puts the, puts the DA in a bit of a position. The DA and most people from the DA will tell you they don't have broomstick support. You know, they they couldn't just put up a broomstick and get people to vote for it. Uh, there goes the power. Um, and um, so. I do think that there is a that there is a certain um, a constituency who would be quite offended by this that the, that the DA has the DA has there's a possibility that DA could be stepping in and you know saving saving our bacon keeping Joburg running or something, but they're turning it down. They are you know and you know the DA itself has made quite a big big issue of this uh, how their real opponent long term is the EFF. Well, what isn't this the chance to start bringing the ANC over onto us? I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Hmm. But then again, you know, hmm. I lived through yeah. I lived through an era which which saw which saw Butelezi transition from you know something more evil than PW Berta to a co-liberator of the country. So. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, ANC <laughs> seems to very aggressively be angling. I think for IFP support. Uh, mm. From that one, which is yet another sign, as you say, Terence, that the one-party dominance mm. is, is coming to an end. Um, but anyway, very interesting stuff. But uh, we'll have to see how things shake out. And I think that is all the time we have for today. Thank you very much. We hope that you found the show interesting, and we'll be back tomorrow with the Danny Flynn wrap. Cheers, everyone. Mm-hmm.